1: Ever, as yes. you mentioned, yes, Like, so, what's up with him? You know, is he going to stop? I don't know. Says a Michigan guy about a Michigan state guy. I know the Michigan up. state guy. He threw a punch at him, his teammate who went to Michigan. He had some Michigan state on Michigan violence there. <laughs> oh. uh, okay. But he hasn't stopped. I don't know. Draymond Green. We'll see. No. Have a great right. show. Thanks, Connor. We'll catch you tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Hill here on News Nation. So do you know where your member of Congress is? Chances are they're not in Washington. It's a holiday break already for half the Hill as several major issues still remain before we wrap up 2023. Plus, is Donald Trump expanding his lead, not just over the Republican field, but over President Biden as well? Some brand new numbers out from the key swing states. And it just might be the mother of all posts, why Elon Musk's mom is now coming to his defense. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by May Melman, former uh, White House attorney in the Trump administration. Mark Short is the former chief of staff to the vice president, Mike Pence, and the former White House director for legislative affairs in the Trump administration. Kevin Walling is a former Biden campaign surrogate. And Amisha Cross, former Obama campaign official. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Hello. Come on in. We begin tonight not only with the war in Ukraine, 22 months ongoing, not only with the war in the Middle East, two months ongoing, and not only with the southern border, a big problem for quite some time. We begin with all of it and nothing all at once. There are still 10 days left, 10 until Christmas Eve. And today, the House of Representatives said, see ya, Time to go home. They're done for the year. Uh, we need to get it done, and we need to get it done sooner rather than later. It should, be, should have been done prior to leaving this,
2: uh, uh, this capital. I wish we'd stayed. I wish we'd got something done.
1: Now, the Senate is staying to try to hammer out a border deal, which would also include funding for Ukraine and Israel. Right now, lots of words, little action in a town that likes to talk a whole lot. Hello to you all. Nice to have you in. I think that kind of sums up where we are. Uh, Former head of legislative affairs. Peel the curtain behind. What's really going on right now with the House out, the Senate in, and a $100 billion bill at stake?
2: Well, I think whenever you try to put three different issues together, it gets more complicated. But at the same time, I think there's probably bipartisan support for all three issues. I still think they'll get a deal done, but I don't think there's the same urgency before end of year. I'm still in the camp that usually thinks most Americans' freedoms are safer when Congress is not here. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about them being out of session. But I would imagine they'll end up they'll end up finding a pathway to get it. So,
1: so the end of year is just sort of like an artificial it timeline?
2: Is. It is. We've gotten used to it because end of year has been end of year funding bills the last right. few years. Like if you don't get this bill, the government's going to shut down. That's not the case this year. So it, it's, uh, it's okay if it slides in early next year.
3: And the negotiations really need to happen in the Senate. The House is going to approve what the Senate does, because the real sticking point here isn't really Ukraine aid, isn't really Israel aid. It is, it is border security. Border, right. And so if the Senate can figure out how to get the Democrats in line with some amount of border security, the likelihood is that the House is going to. All
1: right. That. So, Democrats, here we go. White House border compromise. Here's what they are willing to potentially go to. President Biden, at least, uh. Considering the resumption of Title 42, that's basically empowering border agents to expel migrants without asylum screenings, raising standards for asylum claims, and an expansion of migrant detention facilities, Amisha, you willing to take that?
4: It's a, it's a tough one. I mean, we just had the ACLU come out yesterday and argue that this it violates the due process rights of those individuals and their families. I, I think that there, there's definitely going to be a lot more negotiation. There are going to be some uncomfortable things that Democrats have to accept. Uh, quite frankly, in this package. But I do believe that we have to keep those families and the humanitarian
1: efforts in mind as well. So Congresswoman Cross, what are you willing to accept? Because that's going to be the question for, for, for you know, Democratic senators and, and members of the House. I'm going
4: to take the same vacation, everybody. <laughs> okay,
1: there we go. And that's the problem, that's the right I guess, answer. right, Kevin?
5: But listen, I, I'm hopeful that, to Mark's point, that we will actually have a deal. You've got good people on both sides, James Lankford from Ohio, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, others at that table. The White House had to come out to that that point of the screen that you just laid out and give them breathing room right, to give them cover, the Democrats in that room, to say that we can, we can accept some of the, these issues in order to move forward. Because the optics, and you just played video from the border, the optics are what's sinking this president day in and day out. Speaking as a former surrogate for this president, we've got to get the border under control, not just a funding issue, security issue, but then also, too, if we can get something for Ukraine, Taiwan, others, it'll be good.
3: As a Democrat, I would take it all day because it's not actually, I mean, oh, these take
5: are, that deal what we just put up on the These screen.
3: are not Trump's border policies. Yes, this is like the light version of what I would personally like because Title 42 is not real border security. It just physically pushes people back. It doesn't actually ban them. You get no, you know, felony charges. It, you know, if you are going anywhere besides Mexico, probably welcome to America. So, you know, building more migrant facilities, how many years is that going to take? It, this to me is illusory, is, and so if I was a Democrat, I'd go ahead and take my Ukraine funding and, and you used to, go home.
1: You used to stand in the Oval Office with the former president all the time. If you were to see this, you would say, What is, is this Trump light, like, like May says? Well, May's right, but she's talking like the lawyer that she is.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think to keep all of us out of jail. <laughs>
2: I think Kevin's point is spot on. The reality is that this is Biden's weakest issue in a head to head against Trump. He has to get a border security right. bill done. Not the same number of Democrats in the House and Senate need a border security bill. That's going to be the tension, because Biden needs this, but a lot of his members do not need it as just But it's not does. just
4: border security. I would also add that it is taking care of and finding a way to um, to answer to the mayors of, of New York, of Chicago, of areas where we've seen busloads upon busloads of people sent. Those they're mayors are upset. Those mayors are upset. The, the funding at the, is not there. They're upset the at the White the work House. The isn't there. I mean, it's Eric right, Adams is upset at the upset White House. And directing it the right
1: place. Right. Okay. Congressman Tim Burchett, uh, he's a Republican, by the way, said this today as, as he was leaving the... the uh, the halls of the capitol
2: watch this administration is is basically lawless they're not following any laws we put on the books and uh and and they and they continue to do that and so uh, until we get a new white
5: house i don't think you'll see much change is he right there I mean, he throws a good Christmas party, from what I've been told. Sixteen uh, minutes—we talked office. about it the other day. Yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, listen again to Mark's point. We're in agreement. This is a sore spot for this administration, and we've got to get it done. I don't think a change in uh, Congress or or the presidency is actually going to do that.
1: So we talked about the border. Uh, obviously, there's there's the Ukraine component as well. The president wants some sixty billion or so. So, so do Democrats uh, for Ukraine, and then there is Israel, because fourteen billion, give or take. For Israel. And and I, I wonder where Democrats are on this. Can we show the images outside the White House last night? Uh, because we're told from a uh someone who identifies himself as as a political appointee from the Biden Harris team. We have that image. There you go. You can see it. Steps of the White House last night after we left the show. President Biden, our staff demands a ceasefire. They were masked. And we are told that there were approximately 100 current staffers who showed up to a vigil. It ranged from senior officials, career staff within the White House Oval Office, Department of Homeland Security, Defense Department, Energy Department, and Treasury Department. It's your party when the president sees that. And we've heard some comments from him today. Kevin?
5: Well, certainly. And we've talked about this before, Blake. I mean, this is you look at the president's polling. You know we're shedding support, and we're going to talk about it later in the program among young people, particularly on this uh, specific issue. So there is a disconnect, I think, with our steadfast support. I'm a, a Biden guy. Our steadfast support with Israel, and we have to remember Israel didn't break the ceasefire. Hamas did, yep. right? So we've got to lay blame for not just the atrocities of October 7th, uh, but we've got to shine a light on that and remind folks within the party who is the real enemy. All right. Now,
1: on the uh, Israel-Hamas war just a short time ago, President Biden publicly urged Israel to do more, to safeguard civilians in Gaza as Israel continues its war throughout Gaza. Watch.
6: I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives, not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful.
1: And in Israel, at the same time, the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, is delivering a message directly to the Israeli government. Change your war plan. Joining us now is the ambassador, Mark Regev. He is a senior advisor to the Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Mr. Ambassador, thank you for being here with us on the Hill on News Nation. So you just heard President Biden say there that Israel needs to be more careful.
6: You say what? We agree. We agree. Our war is against the Hamas terrorists, that brutal terrorist organization that attacked our people and brutally murdered over a thousand on October 7th. These people, they raped, they beheaded, they burned people alive, they machine gunned young people at the open air music concert. They are our enemies. The innocent uh, population, the civilians of Gaza, they are not our uh, the targets of our operation and we are in a very difficult combat situation, trying to do our best to hit the Hamas people, as the president said, and at the same time, uh, to safeguard the civilians.
1: You know, the New York Times is reporting, sir, uh, that the administration wants Israel to end ground operations by the end of the year. Uh, Here was Jake Sullivan, who's in Israel, uh, here was John Kirby on uh, Jake Sullivan, who is in Israel right now. I want to play this for you, and I'll get your reaction on the other side.
0: He did talk about um, uh, possible transitioning from what we would call high-intensity operations,
1: which is what we're seeing them do now, to lower-intensity operations uh, sometime in the near future. What do you make of that, Mr. Ambassador? Because it it, it seems like the Biden administration, from the comments from President Biden today to what we heard at the White House podium, wants Israel to, to essentially pull back and is starting to listen to the left
6: flank of its party. So we had good conversations uh, today here in Tel Aviv with a national security advisor. Uh, good conversations. I was party to them. And and I think it's true that uh, as we move ahead and, and we achieve victory on the ground, we can move from high-intensity conflict to low-intensity. In the north of the Gaza Strip, we're seeing increasing numbers of Hamas terrorists surrender. We're seeing their military machine there uh, fall apart. We're seeing victory. And I think it it won't be too long before we see the same in the southern Gaza Strip. We need to finish the job, because to leave Hamas in power is, is only to create a problem. In six months from now or a year from now, we'll have another massacre. Hamas is committed to its terrorism, to its brutality, and we frankly refuse anymore to live with this terrorist enclave on our southern border. So, is the administration pressuring? Yeah, no, I I hear you. Since you say you were a party to the conversations
1: today, sir, I'm, I'm wondering did they tell you that they would like this
6: shift to low intensity by the end of the year? I can say the following they understand that we need to destroy Hamas, they understand that Gaza and the region will be better off without Hamas ruling the Gaza Strip. They know that it is our right and our obligation to act to protect our people. Uh, that is all understood. As to how that plays out, uh, we're talking to the Americans very closely. We listen to what they have to say, and I think they listen very carefully to what we have to say. Do, do you think it's possible for that transition to occur
1: by the end of the year? It, you know, I, I understand you don't want to get into maybe private conversations, but
6: from your perspective, is it possible? It, it's most important to do this right. Right. It's most important that as we see Hamas now beginning to break in the north, that they break in the south, and that when this is over, the Hamas military machine is destroyed and their political control over Gaza is no longer. Those goals have to be met. Mr. Ambassador,
1: we've been talking about this aid package here uh, in Washington, uh, you know, Ukraine aid, Israel aid, funding for the southern border, and it it appears as if it could take... Several months for that to come together. When does Israel need this aid package?
6: Well, we know that there's very strong bipartisan support for Israel on the Hill. You know that. Uh, uh, We're not a partisan issue, Israel, and we're hopeful that the leadership of both houses in the Congress can find solutions because we are uh, appreciative of their support. We need that support. We're not asking American uh, troops to come here. We don't need American boots on the ground in Gaza. But to paraphrase Churchill, we need the tools to finish the job. And we ask America to help us with the tools. All right. We'll leave it there, sir. Uh, Mark
1: Regev, uh, senior advisor to, to the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
6: Thanks for having me. What'd you hear there?
1: I think
2: that um, uh, they should do well to listen to his advice, how they message it from the Democrat perspective. And it's uncomfortable for me to sit here and agree with Kevin so much. But I agree with with what he said before, that the reality is that uh, is that the Israelis didn't end the ceasefire. Hamas ended the ceasefire. And the fact that you have political appointees out there processing from the White House, they should all be fired. You, you you serve at the pleasure of the president if you're a political appointee. That's not career people out there protesting. There should be no excuse for that. And if this administration should get rid of each and every one of those people, Do you
1: think they should? Like, if if I were to, to go to the parking lot of my or out in front of the parking lot of of this company and protest all the things that I don't like about it, I'd be gone. Exactly. Me to the intern and anyone in between. Exactly. Right. I mean, they were wearing masks and you know so. Who knows, but... I, I yeah,
3: just write an anonymous op-ed and then write a book about it like a civilized organization, you know? <laughs> uh,
2: should have be been fired, too. Should have be been fired,
1: too. Yeah. So, uh, Amisha, uh, back on this issue of the president saying they need to be more careful, uh, sort of shift down operations by the end of the year. Are you comfortable... Why are... Are you comfortable with the president communicating that to Israel? This is their war. They were the ones that were hit by terrorists. Why should any leader tell them how to operate their war. Because we're also providing a lot of funding.
4: Um, I think that this president took the right tone there. And I say that because what we've seen from the IDF, what we've seen from Netanyahu's leadership, um, is someone who is engaging in something that is, even though they argue it's targeting, it was targeted, Hamas is not targeted towards civilians, way too many civilian lives have been lost. Way too much critical infrastructure. They cannot get in humanitarian aid. Um, Many of the people who live in Gaza have been completely displaced. They keep pushing them further south. They can't go any further. Um, Egypt, has its border is closed. Closed off, What are these individuals to do? I think that if this war had been one that was more strategic in limiting the amount of civilian casualties, one of the rules of war is discrimination, being discriminant of who you are attacking. At this point, we're seeing way too many young people die, way too many women die, way too many people that have no association with Hamas whatsoever. And that is why you see so many young people being advocates out here saying this is wrong.
1: By the way, and for those of you watching at home or listening to us on Sirius XM. We haven't even gotten into the $60 billion in Ukraine, right, which is going to be a part of this if it passes $100 billion package or so. You've got a better radar than anyone I know on this, and, and you think that this eventually finishes when?
2: I'm going to say sometime early spring, late winter. I think uh, it's a couple more
1: months out. So that's a February, March. February, or March, yeah. Okay, that's still quite some time. All right, so coming up, what do you think is a better indicator of where the economy is? The stock market... Or the price of eggs. It turns out that there is a Google search term that leads in every single state in this country. No matter where you look, it's right at the top. We'll explain and draw a line on how this could potentially shape the 2024 presidential election. And a live look at the White House right now, where President Biden is spending the evening, of course. Beautiful night here in Washington, by the way. It's a bit chilly. Woke up. It was like 30 this morning. You know, the president certainly has his critics here, but there is a new one that is calling him out. And guess who? It is Elon Musk's mother. What is Mama Musk saying? The Hill on News Nation. Back in a few.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: All right. So welcome back here to the hill. So how about these three headlines and what could potentially come next in 2024? First one, stock rally resumes as the Dow advances its winning streak. By the way, it closed above 37,000 today for the second day in a row. First time that's ever happened. But would you look at this? According to Axios, why are eggs so expensive was the top-ranked Google search related to costs in every single state in this country this year, every single one. So what, if anything, gives? And might it actually be the Federal Reserve? Because the central bank is now suggesting that there could be Three different interest rate cuts next year, by the way, leading into the 2024 presidential election. That, in theory, would bring down costs. Democrats, that would be great for you, right? So, so let's work through this for a second. C- rate cuts, costs start coming down. Let's just say Mark's right, border deal in uh, February March. Um, abortion, Democrats are going to talk about that from here to the moon. At that point in time, does this become... Democrats taking on Republicans on crime? Is that the last issue left for Republicans?
5: Listen, to your point, I think all those indicators are heading in the right direction. The the cost of gas is down. The cost of eggs is down. We had 9% inflation coming out of the pandemic. Now it's down to 3%. We're finally seeing wages now outpace inflation. So all this, I think, is going to hit at the right time heading into this election. You also bring up the abortion issue. We've got... uh, Efforts underway in key battleground states right now to get that issue onto the ballot. That's a key driver. We saw in Ohio 95 percent turnout of what the midterms was in that off cycle, which is a key issue, obviously, that animates not just the, the left and my, and my party, but I, independence as well. I keep saying, though, Jay Powell
1: could be your best friend. As
5: he keeps cutting rates. Yeah. Am I
1: on something here?
4: I, I think you're right, especially looking at, as we know, just a few months ago, um, the student loan repayments kicked off again. There are a lot of people who are affected by that, particularly younger people and minority groups who carry the largest amount of student debt. Um, I, I think that it's going to, if things continue to look the way that they are, um, this is going to be very positive for Democrats. And to your point, I think that they're going We've to keep, to both of your points, right <laughs> I think that they're going to keep pushing on the, uh, on the abortion so rights the- argument because it's a winning one. I don't think that they're to jump into crime. It's not its not a winning one for either side. Republicans aren't doing well on it either. Uh, most of the states that have the highest levels of violent actors happen to be Republican-led.
1: So the the, the flip side of this is uh, people hate the economy. We see it poll after poll after poll. Am I on to something here, though, that if we start getting these rate cuts...
2: I think you are. I think the reality is that there's multiple weak issues for Joe Biden. As he I
1: right, spell them out because we just heard them from Well,
2: no, I, I, I think crime is a big issue for Republicans and whichever yeah. and Democrats. I think the border is, and I think the economy has been because inflation has been the number one driver. But I also think the reality is that if rates are coming down, and as Kevin said, for the first time in the Biden administration, real wages are actually outpacing inflation— That is a big benefit to Biden heading into this year. It's been a big drag on his polling numbers
1: to date, but I think it could actually be. Three rate cuts. You look at the calendar, it essentially lines up with the election if it happens.
3: Yeah, well, wages have a long way to go. So the total inflation increase since uh, the beginning of the Biden administration is 17%. And so for a family of four, it's roughly $1,500 per month. And so your wages have a huge way to go in order for you to not feel the I mean, there's a reason that the White House is distancing themselves from Bidenomics.
1: So, you know, I, I saw Democrats yesterday saying Dow 37K, let's pound it, let's let's scream it to the rooftops. Right. But then you see that headline in Axios. Why are blanks so expensive? And eggs was the top search in every single state in this country. I'll leave you to think about that.
4: Like I searched it
1: last week. (laughs) Did you really? All right, there you go, Amisha. Uh, All right, coming up. She is uh, the mom of the world's richest man. Probably not worried about egg prices. Uh, But why is May Musk now picking a fight with the Biden administration and doing so on social media? And it's overtime in Florida, I guess you could say. So why did the college football playoffs leave out undefeated uh, Florida State? The state of Florida now wants to investigate. The attorney general there is saying, you know what? I might be a Florida fan, but we got to get to the bottom of this. They are launching an investigation. So is this about the players or the politics? It's coming up.
4: What's that sound? That's the sound of Downy Unstoppable's scent beads going into your washing machine and giving your clothes freshness that lasts all day long. There it is again. It's like music to your ears or more like music to your nose. That freshness is irresistible. Let's get a Downy Unstoppable's bottle shake. And now a sniff solo. Nice. Get six times longer lasting freshness plus odor protection with Downy Unstoppable's in-wash scent beads. Season's greetings from the Very Merry team here at News Nation. I'm Marky Martin. And I'm Adrienne Banker. Wherever the road takes you this holiday season, we at Morning in America wish you safe and happy travels. Hi, this is ABHG Camara from USS Baton. I just want to wish all my folks back home in Staten Island, New York, a happy holidays and a Merry
1: Christmas! Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Captain Jeron Stubbs from Los Angeles, California. I'm a behavioral health officer with the 47th Brigade Support Battalion. I just wanna wish all
5: my family and friends a very happy holiday. I love you all, can't wait to get back to you.
1: Howdy, I'm Major Steve Beckman, hometown Houston, Texas. I'm the operations officer for the Third Battalion, 67th Seventh Armor Regiment, stationed here at Camp Hercus, Pabradė, Lithuania. I'd like to wish a Merry Christmas to my wife, Brittany, and my son, Carson, and daughter, Chloe. I love you all very much. To
4: all the service members far from home this holiday season, we at News Nation thank you for your service and wish you and your family a happy holiday season and a great and safe
0: 2024.
2: This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite at a crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid... It goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at mygruffpsa.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council.
7: When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment.
2: Heather and I had an argument just like any other couple. I was lost. I had snapped. I had a gun and I was going to take my own life. Heather helped me realize that there was still a life to live for the better of myself, my family. My weapon is now safely put away.
7: A moment of crisis can happen to anyone. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council.
0: Kids ask their parents a lot of questions. Why can't people fly? Gravity. Is the moon really made of cheese?
1: Yep, cream cheese.
0: When can I move into a big kid's car seat? Uh. For some questions, parents may not have the answer, but that's okay. They can't know everything, but knowing the right seat for their age and size will help protect them in a car crash. Find out more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Where do babies come from? Good luck, Dad. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
4: You're listening to the Hill on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Want to catch some
3: catchphrases? Oh yes, master. Keepers. Keepers. jeepers. Keepers.
4: Here's you
0: won't be able to get them out of your head.
4: Up your nose with a rubber hose. She can kick that free.
0: Oh, my stars. And that's a good thing. God will get you for that.
3: Catch classic catchphrases all day long on Nintendo TV. Good night, George. Good night.
6: National Wreaths Across America Day is Saturday, December 16th. You can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve and their families, and teach younger generations about the value of freedom. A $17 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh balsam remembrance wreath. These wreaths have become a symbol of America's respect for those who have served and no longer walk with us. Sponsor a wreath today. Visit wreathsacrossamerica.org.
5: I want to be a teacher because when I'm a teacher I can help kids to learn and chase their dreams.
6: PI, a defect of the immune system, affects millions of children. Early and accurate diagnosis and treatment give children like Sam a chance to achieve their dreams. It
3: takes a lot of caring teachers to make school fun It took a lot of caring people to keep my dream alive and now, because of them I can be head of the class
6: For more information, visit the Jeffrey Modell Foundation at info
1: Elon Musk's mother is rushing to her son's defense now, this time against the president of the United States. Here's why. She took to the platform, uh, platform that her son owns and wrote the following, saying, quote, His goal is to make this world a better place. The president wants to stop him. Have any idea how furious I am? People in other countries are proud of Elon and do not understand the president's motive. All right. So the comments here come as the Federal Communications Commission joins the growing list of federal agencies taking actions uh, against Musk's businesses. Just yesterday, the FCC denied Musk's Starlink satellite business nearly $900 million in subsidies for the second time in two years. Hence the reaction. Look, I get it. A lot of people think Twitter and X has become trash and in a really bad place since he's taken it over. You want to launch the guy to Mars? I, I, you <laughs> know, Democrats. On of his rockets. Democrats go. hate the guy. You know, he's leading or partly the, the green energy revolution. What's the beef?
5: Well, I think our beef is obviously, as you just said, about his handling of, of Twitter or X in terms of what we're calling it, and that it's become a place for anti-Semitism, anti—you know—everything that we believe in as Democrats. Uh, you know, this is a FCC independent agency making this determination based on the merits. Uh, I just think it's laughable that is. Mother's now uh, coming uh, to his aid to demand more government subsidies from a government she, I don't even, I don't think she even lives here. <laughs> so this is just insane to me.
4: I so, think it's a mama bear being a mama bear. At the end of the day, um, you know, I I don't support why she's doing it, but I do think that for somebody who's watching their son take ills multiple times over, who earnestly believes, I think in her case she earnestly believes that he is changing the world, that he is um and and you should believe that. This is this is the mom. Moms believe that whose kids are just cr- using crayons every day. Hold, However,
1: hold on, hold on. He believes it. Hold, hold that thought. I'm going to come to you for a second because here here was Elon Musk earlier this month. Watch.
6: Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined.
5: It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone and any single human on Earth. But what I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception
6: of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. F*** them. All
1: right, so pick it up.
4: I mean, to compare to anybody in the world that he's done more for the environment than anybody in history, I think that that's a bit of a stretch. But I, I do think that there is some credit to be given to him for the advancements he is making when it comes to the environment. That is overshadowed by the sheer clownery he does across X on a regular basis.
3: We've got
1: one mama mama bear on this panel. Yeah, I mean, you.
3: People's, <laughs> people's moms post on their Facebook all the time. This is just like, you know, worse than that. Um, but... You know, Elon Musk decided to build a business based on government subsidies, multiple businesses based on government subsidies, Tesla. and it's not foreign in other countries that governments do punish people who disagree with them. It just should be foreign to ours, and I feel like we've really lost that trust in our government, and no, no, people don't believe that the FCC made this decision uh, neutrally because the two Republican commissioners came out yeah, and they, said they, they didn't make it. Brendan Carr
1: posted on Twitter why he dissented. He used to deal with this guy in the White House. Well, I think it's sad to see this break up with the Democrats. They used to actually like <laughs> oh, free I speech. Oh, I can see the tears coming out of your <laughs> eyes. They used
2: to like free speech. They used to actually like subsidies where the government gets to choose winners and losers in the economy with taxpayer dollars, which is how Elon Musk has made most of his fortune.
1: Mark, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Back on the campaign trail, by the way, we have another uh, poll out with more bad numbers. You could say potentially here for President Biden's reelection ever uh, efforts. This is from Bloomberg and Morning Consult. The poll shows the president trailing former president Donald Trump in seven swing states. Now, Trump's lead is within the margin of error in Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. But his lead is larger in Georgia and North Carolina. But look at the screen there. Bottom of the screen. Plus 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 in the seven states that matter. You concerned? No. Come we on. Got a lot of work
5: to do. No, listen. You know, You're concerned. You can no, say no. I'm not because these polls don't mean anything this far out. Yeah, you can talk about trend lines and stuff like that. But we're going to beat the hell out of Donald Trump again with billion dollars worth of media campaigns. We're going to remind him of his four years in office before the American people. There's 40 percent of Americans that love Joe Biden. There's 40 percent of Americans that love Donald Trump. The 20% is who we're after, and we're going we're gonna to win those folks back to our side. You
1: can't possibly be unconcerned.
5: No. Like, yeah. Republicans, you look, you look we, at that. We had, well, the, so best, me... we had the best midterms. When people vote, we win. We had the best midterms of any election since FDR, right? We just won on all these abortion issues as okay. we were talking about. So That's t- going to be the, the, the racist cycle. Tell me what you see.
3: I actually am with Kevin. Oh, okay. Um, All
1: right, am I wrong? Am I I being too hard
3: on Kevin here? So (laughs) the Democrats right now are boosting Trump, right? They are kind of going after DeSantis, but they want Trump to be their opponent in the general. So Trump hasn't really taken it on the chin from the big dollar uh, Democrat machine that's out there. Also, the Democrats have built out a a vote-collecting just infrastructure that the Republicans don't have. So- you know, if I'm a Democrat, I'm concerned, especially because Biden only won by 44,000 votes in a few swing states, right? Sure. So the margin is this thin to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, the margin
1: is like if there's bad weather in a state on voting day, like it could tip the In the county. <laughs> no, no, uh,
2: no, the margin was closer in 2016, honestly, when Trump hippie right. Hillary. Um, what do you see when you look at that? I think Democrats should be alarmed by those numbers. Okay. Uh, I, me. I, I mean, I... You look at each and every one of those battleground states, particularly Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, those are states that we won in 2016, lost in 2020. You see Trump's advantage. I think that should be a huge concern uh, to Democrats. But I think what we're missing here, because I still think that the big story for 2024 could be the third party. And the third party candidates, I think, hurt Biden the most because Trump's support is so polarized. His people are not going to leave him. And if you take squish, moderate Republicans who are concerned about Trump, who voted Biden last time and give them other options, they're not going to go to Biden. That, I think, is the biggest weakness of the third party. You know, it's interesting in because the,
1: I know you're shaking your head, but the Wall Street Journal uh, poll that came out. I don't know. Uh, what was that over the weekend or something? When you mixed in five total candidates, Amisha, Donald Trump's lead went up to, to Mark's point.
4: The biggest worry I think the Democrats are going to have isn't necessarily what was just pulled there, because I agree with Kevin. Uh, we're way too far out for that. Uh, that type of prognosis. The biggest worry is going to be uh, because I think that this is going to be a really tight race. Uh, it is going to be making sure that younger voters and black voters show up in the places that he needs them the most. Because right now there isn't a lot of strength. There aren't a lot of excited younger voters about this race. Um, and black voters are, quite frankly, upset. And I think that there's got to be a lot more groundwork done between now and November to ensure that that the core base shows up. You say groundwork. What does that look like? Um, showcasing what you've done for those communities, showcasing what another four years of a Biden-Harris administration would look like for the communities that have been the, that have been hurt the most. Um, I think that the, the student student debt relief not happening really pissed off a lot of the hmm. younger voters. But in addition to that, we're seeing the decisions that, quite frankly, are happening with the war in Israel that are making Biden, a lot of young voters. Biden upset. has
1: done too little on student loans. Bloomberg poll, Gen Z says 43% uh, voters, 27% overall. Can we show before we go? Graphic from the Hill or headline from the Hill. Trump on Pence's 2024 presidential race, he should endorse me. Mark, you're like the unofficial head of Pence World. I, um, should I, I he claim d- no such title. <laughs> you were the uh, chief of staff to the former vice president. That's the fair title. Should he endorse? Should Mike Pence endorse Donald Trump? I don't think uh, Trump, President Trump should be holding his breath for that. <laughs> should be holding his breath. Should not be. So you don't think it happens?
2: I certainly would not anticipate any endorsements from him times soon. You why? can
3: only call for the hanging of someone so many times. <laughs> is, is that, is, is
2: that why, like, how, how personal this is? I, I think it's more than personal, honestly, Blake. I think the reality is that uh, your oath to the Constitution is one of your most sacred oaths you take. It's the same oath that our men and women who serve in uniform take. If you violate that oath and you call on your vice president to violate that oath, I think that's a pretty fundamental difference.
1: Okay. Um, We'll talk college football next. I know you want to talk about that. Uh, But before then, we also want to take a moment to introduce you to a new interactive tool to help you sort through all of the election data. I mean all of it. It's coming your way over the next 11 months. It's called the 2024 Election Center. It is a live database of polls updated in real time from our partners at Decision Desk, HQ, and The Hill. The core of the Election Center will be exclusive poll averaging and interactive tools that allow you to make your own predictions. Now, here is the rolling average right now, for example, in the race for president, in a hypothetical matchup between Presidents Biden and Trump. It's basically, as you can see now, a dead heat, 43-42. You can find it all at the URL uh, at the bottom of your screen right there. Do we have it? Elections2024.thehill.com bookmark it today. But coming up, uh, it is a Christmas party making some big headlines. The mayor of Boston sending out invitations for an annual gathering. So why is she facing some pretty big bash- backlash for it? And why is she apologizing? We'll get into it. And by the way, be sure to check out our weekly newsletter, Decision Desk 24, My Campaign View. You can subscribe with the QR code right there, top right of your screen. It's, it's basically a slice of our show into your inbox. Just launched it. It's fun. Comes weekly. Hello on SiriusXM. XM, by the way. The Hill is coming right back.
7: The vast majority of people are in the sensible middle. They're not the far right wing, and they're not the far left wing. Every point of view is represented on News Nation. Veteran journalist Elizabeth Vargas, now on News Nation.
1: There's two headlines over the past couple weeks. One, a report from Redfin showing New Yorkers are flocking to Florida in droves, seeking sunny weather and cheaper homes, right? That's, that's kind of been the trend for a little while now. Yet at the same time... High insurance premiums in the Sunshine State are driving other potential homeowners away. Newsweek, Yahoo, you see it there. And meanwhile, what is making the news down there in the Sunshine State? Well, the Attorney General launching an antitrust investigation into FSU's exclusion from the college football playoffs. We are launching an investigation to examine if the committee was involved in any anti-competitive conduct in its unprecedented decision. As it stands, the committee's decision reeks of partiality, picking winners in the boardroom and not on the field. Standing in front of the football stadium, Ashley May, the attorney general. (laughs) Ashley Moody, nay. Uh, Do they got a case?
3: They don't have a case. (laughs) Um, So... Okay, first of all, I don't know if anybody knows an SEC person in their life, but you're not going to oh, cut yeah. the SEC. <laughs> time. I was like, Go you're Come not on. going to. So guess what? My investigation is over. I figured it out. It's we're not going to cut the SEC out. That is the top and the bottom of the okay. decision.
1: So, it, so, so then is this just all politics, right? Of course. Like, like politics politics, not football yeah. politics, yeah, but, no, but actual no, politics. A
2: stupid investigation, but I still think Florida State should have gotten in. <laughs> wow, you guys don't I mean, want to talk I mean, about the politics. You want to talk about the football they're here. They're undefeated. They win the ACC championship with a third-string freshman quarterback. They they get dinged because <laughs> they only won by 10 points, but they won with a third-string
1: freshman quarterback, and they beat two SEC teams in the course of the season. So – Marco Rubio, Rick Scott, the senators from that state, they put a resolution on the Senate floor, which is, you know, a thing so that they could send out a press release. But you got her doing this. Ron DeSantis has set aside a million bucks in case FSU wants to suspend them. I don't know about... Uh, the, the AG there There's going to be A big time Governors race That's In 2026 You got
5: Ron DeSantis Who's term limit This might yeah. be a, Very much a play From the attorney general And to, she's like Look I'm, I'm a UF grad That's what yeah. she said Said See in her politics. piece It is Yeah you got Byron Donalds That wants it Matt Gates. She might be The only woman In the race And she could do it
4: I mean, football game is king. Football is king. <laughs> we saw Tuberville use his coaching to make it to make it to the yep. Senate, and I think that in this case, it, it is political. It's a lot more political than anything else. I'm a huge SEC fan, so I was happy the tide got in personally. But you know, RIP to FSU's chances. All right, it's not anti-competitive to say that the ACC schedule with
3: Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Pitt, Northern Alabama, random. You're not going
1: get- to. So here's what she's saying. She's saying we want to subpoena the committee. Get all communications related to deliberations, documents showing compensation of members, and vote tallies, including who received access to the votes, who was present during the voting. We're also seeking information about software of programs used to tally votes. It's like an, it's like an election thing from her.
3: Yeah, it's not going to work, but, uh, <laughs> but it will be very popular in her state. Well, that's why she's doing and it. And that's why, yeah, she's doing it. There's, there's not some sort of... Bizarre anti-competitive behavior. It is. We're going to let the SEC in.
1: Would you make a Ron DeSantis set aside a million bucks
2: for this? I mean, it's all it's all games. It's silly. But keep in mind, they did beat LSU. <laughs> they did to beat to Florida. Football. It <laughs> wasn't just those. those uh, puff gates there. Yeah. In
3: Florida, what were they? Re- oh, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah.
2: And
1: look, as as we they talk about the heat, as we yeah. talk about her and show her, Florida's a really tough market to run in. There's what 11 or 12, DMAs, 14 yeah. Dmas are the the television markets. So like Miami's one, Pensacola's another, way on the other side of the state. They're talking about it all across the state. So Ashley Moody, never know. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. All right. Have you seen this? So the mayor in the city of Boston is in some hot water. After emailing the entire city council an invitation to a holiday party that was intended for, quote-unquote, electeds of color. Now, Mayor Michelle Wu admitted her mistake, but defended the party, saying it was a yearly custom that has been happening for a decade. So she sent this out. There's, there's 15 uh, members on the, on the council, six minority, seven white members, and she sent it to everyone, and now she's saying, whoops.
5: I mean, we've all been there to some degree sending out an email and we're like, oh, crap, it should not have gone (laughs) to all those people. This is a tradition, you know, same like, you know, Hanukkah parties, Kwanzaa parties, you know, gay pride party. You know, know, sometimes events aren't for everybody. Right. And this is a group that's been meeting right for a long time in Boston. It's kind of silly Anyone to me. Anyone can
4: go to a Hanukkah party. Anyone can go to a Pride,
5: you know, Sure, I don't, I don't think there's... I've never
4: been to a would. party that was for diversity, specifically for black people, that other people weren't able to but come to. But that's
1: what others. she said, yeah. right?
4: Yeah. She, she said... She, well, it
3: wasn't that's, specific
1: was, to, to, to black people. Uh, that, you know, there. I, I think there are six total uh, minorities on the, but on the council, a, but either
5: way... That's, you're, that's you're exactly they what
3: they this don't. is. No, because she sent out the email saying everyone is invited to the Electeds of Color party. And then she resent the email
5: the stupid mistake saying, is semi-bad. actually no
3: some of you are not invited and yeah. so the babylon b had a great headline saying oh that gosh. the kkk closes up shop because the progressive left has accomplished all of their goals and i think there is something about this segregated you know, that separate but equal christmas parties that is just inappropriate for any place but specifically a government
1: what a government be? legally cannot do uh, that okay so she fired off the email what should she have done after that
3: right everyone well back. the assistant
5: like fired out the email okay like, so the, but the email got fired the, the email out wasn't yeah well they should not have rescinded it they should have just said in, you know we'd like everyone to everyone, this, yeah, let let everyone
4: that, that would have been a much yeah. you know a, a much better cover for herself but also because i don't think that it was purposely trying to be exclusionary but once you come back and say that right that kind of throws it up in That's the air on those
1: optics. all right uh joining us now elizabeth vargas uh hello elizabeth Nice to have you on in. I think there you are.
4: Yeah. What a... I,
7: you, listen, this is going on for... Am I throwing you t- a tough one here? Well, it's, it's just- like it you know they've been doing this for 10 years it's all of a sudden an issue right now in this you know we we've got a lot going on right now about our political dialogue and the exclusionary stuff that seems to be happening um, i don't know i i think that the mistake she's only apologizing by the way for sending the email invite to people who weren't supposed to be who are not people right. of color she's not apologizing right. for the party she's right, right, right. defending the party so I, I think an argument can be made for why not have everybody go to the party? Um, yeah. And maybe, I, you know, it's maybe not a great look for a government entity to be doing this. Um, I found the, the whole title of, what was it, Council People of Color uh, to be a little mm-hmm. awkward. But, um, you yeah, know, I've seen this discussed at length on not just our fabulous news nation, but on Fox News <laughs> and on lots of other
1: cable news. It's become a big to-do. I feel like you you were the batter there that stepped into the box and got the hundred mile an hour fastball right out the gate, Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, so here here's the here's the softball question. Tell me what you got coming up on your show tonight. Well, we're going <laughs> to
7: wait into this incredible uh, you know news that the Senate is staying to hopefully negotiate a deal with President Biden yeah. over the border. Um, you know, this border is huge for Americans right now, um, and nobody approves of the job that President Biden is doing down there. Uh, he is desperate for Ukraine aid and clearly in this battle has picked Ukraine. He's talking now about bringing back several Trump era policies that were, that, that worked and uh, and might mm-hmm. actually end up helping him in the long run in the general election since, and, you know, so many people, the vast majority of people polled say he's doing a terrible job down there. So we're going to get yep. into that as well as the latest, uh, a second day of stock market history and mm-hmm. uh, and why people don't feel as good as
1: the stock market says they should. Dow 37K, but go across Amazing. the country and ask how many folks, yeah. you know, they care about Dow 37K or like what the grocery bill was. It's the you, grocery you're gonna bill. You're going to get the, it's the grocery bill. Yep. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth, we'll see you in, uh, in about six minutes' time. You got it. Have a great show. Uh, and before we go, uh, Elizabeth, as you see there, uh, who she has coming up on our show tonight, but before we go, why the TSA is now warning about one piece of your checked baggage, your gun. We'll explain. Final thoughts from the panel as well. We're here uh, back in a few. That caught our eye. The TSA is reporting a concerning rise in travelers improperly packing firearms from January to September of this year. TSA confiscated more than 5,000 firearms at security checkpoints. Firearms, as you might know, are prohibited at security checkpoints. The TSA says you must pack them unloaded in a hard sided, locked, padded case uh, on the inside. Uh, Mark Short, you were just busting my chops real quick about Elon Musk. And? Tell the folks what you were saying.
2: I said it on the air before. I I said, you know, it's it's hypocritical. I I mentioned that the Democrats are breaking uh, faith with Elon when he's
1: benefited from so many taxpayer subsidies and handouts. You're saying this is a guy that gets taxpayer money. Um, By the way, the way we started the show, Congress, bye-bye, they're gone. December 14th, here we are on the Hill, and half of Congress says, see ya. What happens next? They're going to try to hammer out a border deal.